NFL Super Bowl 52, Insights from a Venue Insider, Part 2. How the director of catering at the Guthrie Theater in 2018 booked eight NFL-sponsored events, bringing in a quarter million in revenue in the 52 hours leading up to the big game, navigating the sponsor wants, needs, and maximizing revenue. Parking was the biggest problem on Super Bowl Sunday. So for those planning events, keep in mind, it's parking for your guests, but you have to also staff your event. So now how are you figuring out for your staff to get anywhere during Super Bowl Sunday or Super Bowl week? Um, So that's something that we knew that we had an asset of, is that we had this parking lot that was available. And so we sold that lot to our corporate clients. This is Paul, representing TCWEP. Listen in as we continue our conversation with Elizabeth Sherry. Yeah, you know, um, I worked with, I think, amazing media players. I was super fortunate. They have to probably be amazing to have the jobs that they have to be the meeting planners of XYZ corporate company that is a huge sponsor to the NFL. So, and their job is to do these and execute these events on a national level, sometimes international level. So I knew the caliber of people I'd be working with. However, it always felt a little scrambled. And the reason wasn't because they weren't great. All of them were fantastic. It's because the elements that were being thrown in their way um, by their powers that be or by circumstances outside of their abilities was just one of those things that I never really thought of. You know, I could say to my corporate client who's here, let's say somebody that I work with all the time, being like, I need to have food counts by two weeks prior, and here's all the timelines of things I need everything by, final floor plan, um, sign BEO, all these lovely things. And they'll say, no problem. But when working with these corporate meeting planners for the Super Bowl, they'd be like, yeah, I mean, we could try. <laughs> I could try to give you that head count, but if... Um, we'll see. Uh, Yeah, exactly. So if a VIP guest decides that they are, in fact, now coming and it's the day before the event, just be ready for that. Um, And you have to. It's because they the nice thing about Super Bowl 52, what I learned is that never cheapen out and anything is possible, but there's a price. So I was always flexible, but there was always a price. And that's something that they totally understand and get the business of is that if you're going to give me somebody who's coming in last minute, you have to be ready for us to do a rush food order and that's going to have a higher food cost. So it's not going to be the same. What should venues charge then? It's the Guthrie Theater. It's a beautiful location. That was the question we asked ourselves. You know, like I said, 18 months, I started having first site visits and we had a, a general price in mind. Um, but then we started to get a little nervous when it was four months prior. We haven't booked anything. Do we lower our rates? Do we, what, are we just being astronomical? Um, and again, like I said, we, we held true. And, and here's why I felt that I was right in it throughout the process. And of course, there's people who are backing me and the Guthrie was a great supporter. Like, we believe you, we trust you. Here's what, you know, we would like to see for a rental for the overall week. Um, but we trust you. So they were really great partners in this. And so I, I started talking to, like I said, the people from Houston. Uh, the difference from Houston or a lot of places that are on the coast is that they already charge higher than these Midwestern amazing facilities that we have. I don't know why we don't charge as much as the coast in cost of living and whatever happens here is probably why. Um, right. But I remembered from working with 
couples and other clients from the coast, they would always say they wanted to come back home, which was Minnesota, to have their wedding, not because it was home, but because it was so much cheaper. So um, San Francisco <laughs> is a great example of that, as I had a lot of clients that came from San Francisco. The prices in San Francisco for events is astronomical. I look at those pricing. I'm like, you guys get that on a Wednesday? That's awesome. Um, <laughs> So I started looking at what they charge in general, and then I started going a little higher from there because here's what our it was supply and demand is really what I would come from for this is that I'm not trying to gouge these corporate clients that we ended up working with. I think they understand. We had a couple issues that we were facing for financial burdens that week, and that needed to come out in a compensation. So for instance, the theater was dark that week at the Guthrie. That means for a week long, and actually it ended up being two weeks, we didn't have any performances running in-house, meaning we didn't have any revenue generation. So there's a cost to having that entire building shut down to be exclusive for events. Right. Um, so we started off with that and analyzing our numbers there. Completely different circumstance for a lot of other properties that do other things or just events and not do other things like the Guthrie does. Uh, but because of that, that means we had the capacity to, to do, you know, a thousand person events because we shut down our entire property and we wanted to be open to that. So, uh, yes, look at your Saturday pricing for, let's say, weddings and then start going up from there. But the biggest piece of that was is that um, I'm the on-site catering person and the Guthrie's choosing the rental rate. I wanted to make sure the catering was equal to the rental because I didn't want to have a client that was food and beverage poor, cash poor. They can have this glamorous space, but then cheapen out on their food and beverage. That doesn't, that's not a client we want. So we made right. it uh, that much more prestigious to have nice food, nice beverage, nice scenery, um, the whole package. So that's why we ended up getting the nice clients that we got that wanted to treat their guests to a lovely evening during the Super Bowl week. For people that don't know, um, the Guthrie Theater is, I mean, you're blocks away from the stadium. Yeah, so that was a big piece for Super Bowl Sunday. But the interesting piece to that was during the week leading into the Super Bowl, besides Super Bowl Sunday, the activity was by the Mall of America, which is, you know, 10, 12 miles away from the stadium and where we were, and then also into downtown Minneapolis, which is about a mile and a half. And it might as well be 10 to 12 miles because it's a mile and a half in winter and no one's walking that. <laughs> um, so it might as well have been 10 miles away. But um, it, we still had the scenery. I mean, people came there to see this brand new, amazing stadium that Minneapolis built. And that was our backdrop. And then if it wasn't the backdrop on one side of the building, the backdrop on the other side was the beautiful Mississippi River with its iconic Stornerch Bridge. So yes. we kind of took all of that into the role. But the other thing that I, I looked at that week was the practicality of me and my associate driving in uh, and the commuting time and what it was going to be like. Because as we understood it, it was going to be gridlocked. Minneapolis was going to be very interesting to drive in and out of traffic was going to be very interesting, which is a logistical challenge for our staff. But that's not something that my colleague and I wanted to deal with. So we asked for special permission to stay overnight in one of the dressing rooms. So each one of us had our own little dressing room with an air mattress. So from the Friday morning before the Super Bowl till uh, the kickoff of the Super Bowl Sunday evening, my colleague and I were staying at the Guthrie and did not walk a foot outside unless to look at an ice bar on the Endless Bridge uh, <laughs> or didn't have to hop into our car. We stayed there and it felt like one long day, <laughs> but it was a really amazing, cool 
crazy long day, but it felt like that because we stayed on property. But it was, it was quite a thrill. And there was a lot of relief that I had the week after. In fact, I strategically planned a vacation the week after. Um, And then the follow-up to the Super Bowl was not much, you know, usually your clients are right on you again for the bill or something along those lines. Again, my carpet clients, they were off planning the Olympics or whatever next thing that they had NCAA. So it's like they just mosey on to the next event and we'll figure it out along the way. <laughs> oh, it sounds actually really nice. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was really interesting is for Sunday, we have this um, service lot that was right outside and parking was the biggest problem on Super Bowl Sunday. So for those planning events, keep in mind, it's parking for your guests, but you have to also staff your event. So now how are you figuring out for your staff to get anywhere during Super Bowl Sunday or the Super Bowl week? Um, so that's something that we knew that we had an asset of is that we had this parking lot that was available. And so we sold that lot to our corporate client that bought out one of our floors. Um, for an additional rental and price. And that was a whole piece of them coming because now their guests could drive in, have a place to park with a valet, um, and it was a block and a half from the stadium. It sounds like you were fairly realistic. We knew what clients were out there that we wanted, um, and so we priced it accordingly. But this was not something that we went and being like, this is our get-rich-quick scheme. Like This will take care of our budget for the year. Uh, we didn't want that because especially like I mentioned four months prior, we didn't have anything yet. We were kind of thankful for what we had and we were all about quality versus quantity. So we wanted quality of events versus quantity of events. We could have probably hosted, you know, 20 events that week, but we decided uh, that eight was plenty and it really was. Eight was plenty. (laughs) Well, you did eight events in the span of 52 hours. Mm -hmm. And I love this, though, because your revenue, wasn't it a quarter million dollars? It was like a quarter, right? Yep, quarter million in, in rental. Mm-hmm. Which, so, yes, I know I just said that people won't become millionaires, but that is not to be balked at. That's, I'm impressed. I think that's amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, actually, that I hope that they feel great about that number. I felt great about that number. Um, why I say it's not a get-rich-quick scheme is because, there was somebody who said, what if I bought out your building for a million dollars for the week? And it was during those 18 months prior where it was like, what about this? And then your eyes start opening up and you're like, wow, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, But then reality sets in and things don't actually come to fruition. So that was said to us. And so that number was in some folks head for a little bit. So my job then was making everybody become more realistic here's the expectations of this week financially and for what we hope to achieve with our corporate partners this week. Um, You know, closing down for an entire week for one client would have been nice, but what other ramifications would there have been? Um, So, and of course for money talk, so a million dollars would have said something to me too, but it wasn't real in the end. It didn't wind up working out. Um, So we have to, again, become realistic. What is practical? 
Super Bowl 52 committee, they did an amazing job of marketing the Super Bowl to the city. They didn't mask the fact that it was going to be zero degrees on Super Bowl Sunday. They <laughs> yes. said, hey, it's going to be zero <laughs> degrees. And for you folks that live in L.A. or New York, you will never experience anything like this. And let's make this really fun. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure just a lot of folks remember there was the zip line that went across the Mississippi. There was, uh, you know, uh, snowshoeing and... I mean, it was skiing, like, literally downtown. They closed down a couple of the streets. Like, it's like, okay, I'm going to do sledding. Yeah, Yeah, people have never curled before. So there was every activity that we, um, as Minnesotans, take for granted. We're like, well, this is how we survive the winter. But for folks that are on the coast, they have never seen anything like it. So the the host committee did a great job of saying, this is what we're going to do, and this is what's going to happen, and it's going to be really fun. You know, with that said, it was a lot of Nordic vibes with – decor and food there was a lot of fur there was a lot of white there was a lot of blue and there was so many ice elements to events that we couldn't keep up in a place where ice formed in an hour um so it's so (laughs) silly to say but i mean we literally can go outside and ice is everywhere but (laughs) but we couldn't keep up with the supply and demand of ice sculptures ice bars ice mugs you name it. There was all of these things, um, which when working with ice, you know, if you have any questions, call me because I have a couple of things that I've learned from that week too when working just with ice. Um, <laughs> yes. But, and for anybody listening that wants to hear some more of some of the fun, I don't know if you'd call it a blooper or something with with your experiences <laughs> with ice, but um, yeah, go ahead and listen to the um, podcast event industry horror stories with Elizabeth Sherry. That was um, a few, a few episodes ago, but give it a listen. Cause you'll, you'll hear some of the fun things that happened with ice. Yes. Ice <laughs> is great in theory. Um, and my ice providers, I'm sorry. They, everything is lovely and wonderful, but still there can be some issues that happen that are unforeseen. <laughs> um, and that's what that's about. <laughs> Is there anything that you would want people to really take away from this or have like a bonus tip or anything like that? You know, I would say don't be afraid to reach out to industry partners in the city or elsewhere and ask them what their experiences were with hosting at big events like this. Uh, there's other national conferences, sporting events that go through. Just ask the previous years. I, I would say, Dad, don't be afraid to give them a call because they love to share the information that they learned. Um, and that's what I've, I, I experienced as well. So um, paying it forward. And then, like we kind of talked about, be realistic. Um, and, you know, I guess the last little bit is that be appropriate to what you're charging. And what I mean by that is set the expectations for you and your staff that if you are working with these high-end clients and you're charging these high-end prices to fully act that all the way through. And I'm talking initial customer service, response time, um, thoroughness, to on the day of, yes, I got to meet some really cool people. Um, and that week was really fun, and I uh, appreciate who I met, uh, but don't let yourself sink into that. Don't let your 13-year-old boy or girl come out and freak out or fangirl over anyone that you see be appropriate, and that was a big piece that I noticed with my corporate clients is that they had some eye rolls at times when people were not being appropriate. And I'm talking about sometimes even their own guests. Our staff was told um, extensively that it is not okay to ask for autographs or photographs, um, that these are private events. And we 
held that as a standard throughout the entire week. So I would say that's the biggest one because especially in areas like Minnesota, celebrities don't come to town that often. Run-ins don't happen often. So I think we're equally as guilty of it because um, we're not used to it. Right. So right. If, yeah, Absolutely. If you're not if you're not used to working with the high-end clients, just uh, work on that as an expectation for your staff. Uh, as I think some people think it's a standard, other people don't really know that. So that would probably be my biggest piece. Thank you, Elizabeth, for providing us with an insider's view of Super Bowl 52 here in the Twin Cities. If you're listening and would like more information on Elizabeth or to learn about TCWEP, log on to www.tcwep.com. Full of more industry tips and lots of networking events to help you connect, collaborate, and succeed in the event industry. We'll see you there.